0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... mm,
1: Podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. The culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the Brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always gonna be here at Ohio State. <laughs> Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ari, there's a there's a fight in the air. It's a little chilly here in Columbus. I got an apple candle going on the shelf over there. And the playoff rankings come out on Tuesday night. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
2: Yeah, you mean like Apple like the technology or Apple the scent?
1: <laughs> Both. No, it's, it's a Apple scent. It's called apple E Ever After. Oh, wow.
2: Even I got a pun in there. Yeah, I will say that there are times where I regularly miss being on the beat, but seeing the stadium on Saturday night was like I was like, Sh- "Shit, I wish I was there." Yeah, like there there are certain times where it's just like that's the time to, the job is at its best, and like now you got another one because you're going to run to Runza this weekend, right?
1: That's right. Yes, yes. Uh, are, you, uh, and- are
2: you are you
1: flying out there? Or are you psychopath driving? Who <laughs> are, talk- are you talking to? No, I'm <laughs> driving out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, making making a okay. thirteen hour thirteen hour drive out to uh, out to Omaha and then and then another hour to, to Lincoln for the game on Saturday. That's an eleven a.m. Uh, local time kick. Which I'm so. What are
2: you leaving on like. Wednesday?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving as soon as we're done recording this on Monday. Uh, probably leaving Thursday. I might leave Wednesday if I can schedule a recruiting uh, story or two on the way there. Which
2: so last time we went, I was in Nebraska and I had the car. And while we were together, I don't remember if it was my first time going for the athletic without you um, and I was on my own or if it was when we were together. I think it might have been when I was on my own the first year. I thought about driving up to Mount Rushmore
0: because I thought
2: I thought I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be closer to this than I am right now. And I had a whole day to kill on Sunday. And then I decided to watch NFL games instead.
1: And I regret it.
2: So yes. if you have time to kill you should go up there.
1: I think it's only like 2 hours away. I don't know how far. I know I know the the South Dakota border is like 3 hours from Omaha. Uh I th- I don't know how far Mount Rushmore is. I think it might be on the other side of the state, but it's doable. I mean, I'm driving to Lincoln, I would drive another 4 hours to go to Mount Rushmore. Um,
2: I just I don't know how far out of the way it is if you're driving back from if you're driving oh it's pretty far.
1: Yeah, and it's also it's, in the wrong direction. Oh,
2: it's it's 7 hours in the wrong direction. Yeah. okay i'm an idiot maybe but I might uh, I
1: you know depending on I, I might have some time to kill on friday if i get depending on what time i can get there maybe i, I don't think there. you have
2: seven more hours to kill a 14
1: hour round trip <laughs> to go to mount rushmore
2: <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me of years. like clark griswold when they get to the grand canyon he like grabs his family and he rocks back and forth for 30 seconds <laughs> and then he goes all right let's get out of here
1: <laughs> no i might <laughs> uh i've never been to south dakota and i'm trying to get to all 50 states i think i'm at like 43 or something so um I might just well, there is like drive up like there. right north of
2: um, Omaha and maybe Mount Rushmore. I'm misremembering it now that I'm looking at the map. I was going to go to Sioux Falls
1: yes, or Sioux
2: City because Sioux City is only like an hour north.
1: Yeah.
2: And then I think I looked at the map and I saw, well, Mount, Mount Rushmore is on the western part of the state. This is impossible, but I love the show Fargo and a lot of it takes place in Sioux Falls. And I thought I might go go take a look up there you know those are the two yeah. bucket list cities for me uh Bemidji and Sioux Falls
1: Sioux Falls. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think yeah both both of the, the the guy who uh has spent half of his life in Vegas <laughs> I, I feel like those two cities drive well with your personality
2: yeah Will you do me a favor and uh hit up the world's largest truck stop and get a personal uh pizza hut for me yeah of course and some yeah. and some men in I moccasins
1: Iowa 80 yeah yeah there. absolutely <laughs> Man, yeah and I
2: Okay, I'm gonna break up with my girlfriend, put my kid up for adoption, and I'll
1: be out in Columbus in ten minutes.
2: <laughs> I mean, Ride.
1: I'm here. Yeah. Get here. If you can get here by uh, by Wednesday, I think we'll be all right. We can hop in the car together.
2: So Landis is in a rush today. Uh, he has to go do something right at ten o'clock. And uh, when we're recording this at nine AM on, on Monday morning and usually before we start podcasting we do a little grab ass for 15 minutes and you guys just got it this is what it sounds like so uh we weren't going to skip it we just now are recording it instead of uh you know so do you just want to do football now or what
1: i guess so yeah we said we sure were going to do grab ass and then we did five minutes of it so um yeah i, I do want to talk about the penn state game because was i thought it was a really awesome game it was an awesome environment as you alluded to um the playoff rankings come out on Tuesday night, and I think we should probably give our opinions on where we think Ohio State is going to end up in those rankings and maybe what to expect when we get them on Tuesday night. But let's talk about the game first because I, like, I, I guess this is the sort of the nature of Ohio State fans, and I don't mean that to come off in a negative way. It's just like there's a very high standard here. So, like, when things don't seem to be clicking on all cylinders and they weren't on Saturday night. Uh, I feel like I see more, like, what the hell is wrong with this team than I do, like, hey, man, that was a really good win. I'm like, I thought that was a really good win. Like, I, I don't know, like, the, how did you come away from that game against Penn State on Saturday?
2: Well, I was actually kind of – I mean, it's, I guess it's a good win on paper. It looked to me – and I and how about this? I'll go this way. When I, I was on Andy Staples' show after the game, Bill, he said he was less confident in Ohio State's ability to go undefeated or – to assert itself as the second best team in college football after watching that. So like, I know that you think that that was probably a, the best win they've had all year. Cause it's the best team they've played, but Ohio state played with their heads up their ass for four quarters. They played in quicksand and they are lucky that they didn't lose. In my opinion, maybe not lucky they didn't lose, but like, here's how I'll put it.
1: They had a 92% mm-hmm. win expectancy. Like they had that game. pretty no,
2: no, not lose, not lose. I never thought they were going to lose the football game. hmm But the offensive penalties and the defensive penalties and the trips to the red zone without touchdowns and missed guys in the end zone that are wide open on fourth down, and it just felt like the entire game was masked by constant Ohio State Mm grab-assery. And I don't know, like, why that is. Now, this is what I said to Andy on the show, and I'll say it to you. And I want to know what you think about this. But Ohio State, for whatever reason, every single time they – Play Penn State, they are significantly better. I think we can agree on that from a talent standpoint, usually from a coaching standpoint, and usually the way they're clicking on all cylinders when they play. Every single time they play them, they play like that. And I don't know if that is me being irrational, thinking that Ohio State should be scoring a touchdown on every other possession or every possession like they do when they're playing Purdue. And that's not the way it works when they play Penn State because Penn State is better. Or if if James Franklin has this like magical sorcery where he can prepare his team better than any team that Ohio State faces to muck the game up so that it looks like a dysfunctional mess from a team that should be doing it much better. And like the thing about it is, is that it's not like Penn State was making a ton of plays. It felt like Ohio State just had its head up its ass. And it was just kind of like what I'm like waiting for them to turn it on. And like they never did.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of that. Um, I I would disagree that Penn State wasn't making a lot of plays. I thought Penn State's front seven was making a ton of plays. I th- well, like-
2: well, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I think it's I think it's odd that Ohio State couldn't run. You know, and and Trey, yeah. Trey Henderson hit a few big plays. I'm not saying that he was a bad, he had a bad game, but for the most part, Ohio State's offensive line was much better in pass pro. In my opinion, they were in in run scheming. Mm-hmm. But like, let me for take sure. you through this, Bill. 2020, last year, mm-hmm. Ohio State beat Penn State 38-25 in a very ugly, weird game, right? Yep. Ohio State probably should have won by 40, but they won by 13. 2019, Ohio State beat Penn State by uh, 11 at home. Another similar game to this. And I think all these spreads were over 17 points, and, and except last year's. 2018, Ohio State plays Penn State. They win by one, and they have to come back at home to do it. 2017, Ohio State wins by one. They've got to come back on the road to do it. Like you get the drift here. Like 2016, they lost to Penn State and Penn State won the the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. It's like of all the years and times that Ohio State has played Penn State, they are usually significantly better than Penn State, but they never are able to handle them the way that they would other teams, especially considering the fact that I think I would put Penn State on par with Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State for the most part in the last five years, has done their handled their business against those teams. Mm-hmm. So what Andy said, and I want to know what you think is, after watching the Michigan-Michigan State game, if you did that day, I did. Watching Ohio State muddle around with Penn State for much of that game before kicking a field goal with three minutes left to go up by two scores finally, and in a game they were favored by 20, do you think that there's any more likelihood that they could lose to Michigan State
1: or Michigan no.
2: than you thought going into the game?
1: no i don't um, A couple of, like ohio state always struggles with penn state and whatever issues creep up in that game that make it a close game where you're not expecting it to be i think like have never been indicative of underlying issues with ohio state it's just that ohio state always plays this game against penn state and I how know that's like i want to know how i don't know like that's not particularly a student analysis i under- like i get that but like, that's I'm what I said. To, I'm trying to think back on all the Penn state, Ohio state games that are frustratingly close for Ohio state fans. And, and I, I think you're like, well, within reason to feel that way. Has anything that's ever happened in any of those games, like lingered and crept up no. again and cost Ohio state against another team? No, like it's weird. Like, I don't get it. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Um, so I do this is think- what I
2: think then if, if James Franklin is doing something or preparing Penn state for playing Ohio state that way, mm-hmm. all the crap that I give him about recruiting misses and all the things that he is worth the contract just for that one fact alone because he's probably two top five classes away from winning the big 10 again. If he's going to play that game, because that's usually the only now I get it. Penn state loses to Illinois sometimes and they lose other games. They shouldn't, but if he has this uncanny ability to play Ohio state close every time they're playing, when their roster is completely outmatched with, with talent as it is now, imagine if next year and the year after the classes that I put together are top 10, Drew Allers a hit and it's just like oh my
1: god Penn State can win the Big Ten. Yeah if Drew Allers a hit I think I can get on board with that I, I would probably give more credit to Brent Pry, his defensive coordinator than I would to James Franklin himself and I guess like it all comes back on James Franklin because he's the head coach but, well, he's but, been a head coach
2: every year. This happens, and it happens every year.
1: Yeah, but Supreme Prize has also been a defensive coordinator, and he has had really good games against Ohio State's potent, potent offense. It's like he's always had a really good plan against Ohio State and done things to frustrate Ohio State as he did this past week when he was, like, stemming his defensive line and running different fronts that Ohio State wasn't expecting, and, like, they could not – ID the right people to run the ball the way they wanted to run the ball. And that's why things sold out the, the way that they did. Like, I think Brent Pry is a very good defensive coordinator who is like at his best when he's going against Ohio State. Um, and he's and like he's James Franklin's guy. So, like, I'm not trying to take the credit o- away from James Franklin, but I also think James Franklin has done things with game management that have cost him some games against Ohio State, too. So, I don't want to give him too much credit for almost beating Ohio State when he should probably have another win or two against Ohio State. Um, but there is something about this team and that program that that like they play their best against the Buckeyes, and I think that that's there's you know something to be said. I, just, like, I don't know not every else ever not not everyone else in the Big Ten for as much as Ohio State says we get everyone's best shot. Like that's not really true. A lot of teams roll over when they play Ohio State and do so like before the game even starts. And Penn State never does that.
2: First and goal from the one, not scoring. Trevion Henderson, did that happen? Did that happen?
1: I don't know if they were first and goal from the one and didn't score. They were on the one and didn't score. I know didn't that they have like two or three attempts from the one and they didn't score. Yeah, they had, well, they had, and that was the, the drive um, where Trevor Anderson had the false start. Yeah. And then fourth on fourth and, goal, and one where goal, they were going to go for it. Fourth and goal. False the one. start. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know,
2: fourth down late in the game, Jackson Smith, the jig, but breaks wide open into the end zone. And I don't even know what happened. Was it a miscommunication? Got, was that Olave? Yeah.
1: Dude, uh, that play, that play. So just to explain it, um, C.J. Stroud said that he thought he saw a different coverage because, like, you watch the play, the safety, like, sprints over, and he thought the corner was going to fall off and, like, go to the back of the end zone, and he didn't want to put the ball there, so he tried to leave it short, but he saw the wrong coverage. Olave played it played it right. Stroud saw something that actually wasn't there, and he left the ball short. That's what happened. It wasn't like he, like, the ball slipped out of his hands or whatever. He, yeah. just, he thought he saw a different coverage.
2: No, yeah, yeah. You know, it just seems like to me it's just like if the Michigan game, that's a touchdown you know and I I, it's like I don't know if it's just like coincidence or if Ohio State usually and maybe it's this Ohio State for the most part in the last few years has gone six week stretches of playing nobody and then Penn State's usually the big middle game of the year That does happen
1: a lot yeah and then all of a sudden (laughs) they're playing
2: their first good team in a month and a half and then it's just like we have to figure out how to play well again Yeah. you know I mean but in 2016 they they played Wisconsin the week before and I think Wisconsin was a top 10 team at that time and 2017 okay let me tell you 2017 they lost to Oklahoma they played Army UNLV Rutgers Maryland and then at Nebraska before playing at Penn State and winning by one point in 2018 they played Rutgers uh, TCU Tulane and Nebraska so TCU maybe that doesn't count because that was a neutral site game 2019 it was uh Indiana Miami of Ohio, Nebraska, Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State. Like they they have these long stretches where they're not playing like super competitive games. And if you go look at the scores, 56-21, 73-14, 38-7, 52-3, 34-10, 48-7, 76-5, 51-10, 42-0.
1: 76-5 is such a bizarre score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and even, like, in 2014, like, they lost to Virginia Tech, then they ran over everybody, and then they went to Beaver Stadium and played, like, a not-very-good Penn State team and almost lost. Like, they beat them in overtime. And now it's that's on the road. Like, a, a Beaver Stadium is a hard place to play. I get that. But, yeah, it happens a lot. It's, like, there's – whatever – Sometimes they have a good non-conference opponent at the beginning of the year. Sometimes they don't, but like Penn state's kind of always lingering around Halloween after a month of playing a bunch of cupcake games. And it probably is a little bit of a shock to the system for Ohio state. Um, but I do want to
2: like Penn state plays much better than they usually play. Yeah. Penn and state also, plays up to Ohio state. You Everybody's like, well, where was that during the Illinois game? And it's like, it wasn't there.
1: Well, so I think part of it too, is like, part of the reason that I took Ohio state, Against what was a very big spread for this series was because like I figured Sean Clifford just was going to be terrible and hurt, and he was not. He was seen fairly healthy and he was pretty good. Um, so like that changed the cal- calculus a little bit for me. Like if 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 the Penn State team that I saw like prior to Clifford getting hurt against Iowa showed up in Ohio Stadium, like I would not have thought twice about taking Penn State with the points, no matter kind of probably no matter what the spread was. But that was that was like pretty close to I think. The best possible version of Penn State right now, given some of the guys they have out. Bill, and probably a, Ohio State's like. Did C you a.
2: give people my pick for the game when Andre was on? I did. Yeah. I want to read people the text message.
1: I read it. I read it verbatim. You did. On, on okay.
2: The show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing every year, and like also, it's just like Penn State is the best Big Ten opponent they play for the past ten years, and it's always the closest game. Really great analysis, guys. Like it might be just to be as simple as that, like Ohio State has to have a close regular season game. The game that they play half the time is on the road in one of the toughest environments in college football. The other time they have a night game at Ohio Stadium and everybody's amped up and it's just a tough game to to win. You know, maybe that's just it. But it's just like every single year the spreads 18 points. You expect Ohio State to win 49 to 20 and they come out and it's just like the game is in question in the fourth quarter. Yes, Ohio State w- was up six right at one point, and Penn State had the ball in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, were you particularly confident on that drive that Ohio State was going to figure out a way to get a stop there? They did, but like they, I mean, Penn State pretty much ran up and down the field in the second half. Uh
1: they averaged one yard a carry, so like they were fairly one dimensional. The, the, I wrote like a big thing about how many stops did Ohio State's defense have in the second half of that game too um the last two drives penn state scored two touchdowns in the second half because they had seven at half no yeah they they penn state had two scoring drives the second half i don't know how many i have the book here how many know. maybe i'm just like yeah it just
2: seemed to me that like ohio state needed stops and they weren't getting them
1: uh i would disagree with that Strongly, I thought this was like a actually a pretty good game from Ohio State's defense. The third down stuff was a little frustrating. Penn you know, State were they like 11, 11, of, eleven of eighteen? Yeah. yeah, and like I, I went in depth on some of that in a story that's going to be up on the athletics sometime on Monday.
2: And maybe um, that's part of the reason why I felt like they weren't stopping them because it felt like third down conversion after third right. down conversion. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Penn State had let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six possessions in the second half and scored twice.
2: Yeah, on and to, then the one
1: little- or twice through a pick, missed the field goal.
2: They threw the pick once and then the field goal was a miss. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I actually, I, like Ryan Day said after the game that he thought the defense like won the game for them. I am strongly in agreement with that. I don't think the defense played lights out because you can't say they played light, lights out if they give up uh, 11 of 18 third downs. Um, but I thought they played a little bit like boomer bust. They blitzed Sean Clifford quite a bit. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And when it didn't, they got third down conversions, which is frustrating. I get that.
2: They also scored uh, a defensive touchdown.
1: Yeah, they scored a defensive touchdown. They had three turnovers. Um, I thought they bothered Clifford quite a bit. Um, totally shut down the run game. Um Jahan Dotson like had a lot of catches, but no no did, explosive plays. But didn't yeah. have any explosive plays. Like I thought the it was a, pretty, didn't have a huge pretty good explosive
2: game. game in that or play in that game that I'm forgetting
1: uh they had the one long touchdown that got, that got called back because they running back ran a wheel route in the penn state sideline and then came back on the field yeah to catch the ball but no i think they're long it's a good strategy play, yeah it happened twice i've never seen a legal touching call twice on the same team well the one
2: first game. one the guy's foot was like barely on the line
1: yeah 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 that was less egregious than the second one yeah um no, the guy just
2: like vanished into uh uh, the sideline like Hannibal Lecter at the end of Silence of the Lambs, and then we have the other
1: yeah. side of the field. <laughs> I think uh, Penn State probably ha- had quite a few plays between like 10 and 15 yards, but didn't have like a bunch of plays that went for more than like 20 yards. I think maybe they had like one or two. Um, so I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was actually a really good game from Ohio State's defense. Um, probably like about I, I think like that's kind of the vision for, for this defense. Cause I just don't think they're good enough to like shut the door totally on anybody that has like a fairly competent offense. But I do think that if they continue to like mix up their coverages, pressure the way they're pressuring, like be more aggressive in terms of blitzing that they'll give up some stuff, but they'll create some stuff too. And I think that's probably the best you can hope for. Now I will say that like seeing Michigan state's offense, against Michigan like I would be a little worried about that matchup I, I suppose although I think one of their receivers got hurt didn't he didn't uh didn't Jaden Reed get hurt in that game
2: yes and he was running a cast
1: yeah so like that that would change it a little bit but, like Kenny Walker like would scare me if I'm if I'm Ohio State but I also think that if a team is kind of one dimensional in that way I don't know how terrified I get of them but so I, I didn't I watched Michigan and Michigan State thinking like these two teams are probably a little better than I thought they were I felt a little bit validated in thinking that Michigan State was probably the best of the bunch, as I did a few weeks ago before they messed around with Indiana. Uh, can I inter-
2: interrupt you? It was Jalen Naylor who had his hand. Jalen Naylor got hurt.
1: Okay, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't watch Michigan, Michigan State, and then watch Ohio State, Penn State. And I think to myself, like, uh oh. Like, I still think Ohio State is gonna win all those games.
2: People watching the Michigan State Michigan game were expecting a slosh fest of Big Ten football where the final score was 13 to 9. And both teams look shockingly competent offensively against defenses that were supposedly going to be the strengths of both teams. And you saw Kenneth Walker just explode for five touchdowns and you saw Cade McNamara play pretty well. And, you know, Michigan had some guys that showed up and they, you know, both offenses played pretty well. And that makes you feel like they're better than they are. But I wonder it's hard when two mediocre teams play each other, they look great. Yep. But I also feel like they both of those teams are probably better than I thought they were.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't I wouldn't say that either one is is mediocre. Um I do think that Penn State has a better defense than both those teams. And You do? So, yeah, I think Penn State's defense is better than both those teams defenses. And probably like by you know, a somewhat significant margin. Penn State's secondary is awesome. And Penn State's linebackers I like I have not watched them all year. But they played about as well as I've seen the linebacker group play against, against Ohio State. The other I, just and I just don't see it. I know that college football is weird,
2: State. but I don't have any idea how that team could lose Illinois. I have no idea. I don't, I, how many things would have to go wrong circumstantially to, to lose that football game? I mean, he only gave up 10 points. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know.
1: I just, I don't get it.
2: And then Sean Clifford's out there throwing it around like John Elway,
1: you know. Well, p- part so of the like... problem is like th- during that game, and like I like I get you know, we're not a, a Penn State podcast, but like I was thinking to myself and I said it to Audrey Snyder in the press box after the game, like some of the shit that Mike Yersuch was calling. I was like, where was any of this like one time in the overtime against Illinois? They would have won that game if they would have called one of those plays. But they yeah. did the same they did against Illinois what Ohio State did against Penn State, and that is have a total lack of creativity when you need to score. It's like, and, and that's part of what I wrote about in, in my final thoughts that went up on Monday. It's like Ryan day appeared to me that Ryan day looked at the Illinois game and thought that his team was just going to come out and smack Ohio smack Penn state in the mouth. That did not happen. And then he never really adjusted. And they got down to the scoring areas and they didn't try anything new. We've seen him do some fun stuff in the red zone with like different motions and different shifts and hard play action and screens and all this stuff. They didn't try any of it. They just tried to line up and run their stuff. And Penn state said no. And like, I, I, it was like, if it happens once, it happens twice, whatever you got down there six times, you scored once. And even the one was like hard to score a one yard run. They didn't try anything different against a team that like was game to give them like the stiffest test they've had since, at least since the Oregon game, perhaps all year. And I, like, I found that the most frustrating of anything from Ohio state is just like Ryan day, uh, like coming into the week, talking up all this is going to be a grind. This is going to be a fight. And then just like coaching into that, just like totally leaning into it and not trying to do anything to put his players in better position to have explosive plays and score against Penn state.
2: Wow. Is your microphone on fire?
1: Yeah. Dragon breath. Who would have thought it'd be you today, but I'd like, I, this is the, I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes people get on Ryan day a little too much for like being conservative um, and I don't know if like sometimes if conservative is the way that I would describe it, but I thought his game plan against Penn State sucked. And like I don't know what that was. Like they, they but he was not putting his offense in good enough positions to try to score when they got into the red zone six times. And like they just kept running into a wall and not adjusting their running. You all plan disturbed at all.
2: that Ohio State couldn't push couldn't get uh, a strong enough push in even goal line situations or do you just chuck it up to Penn State knew they were running it and they, they sold out to stop it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little concerned, yeah, because I thought, I, I thought, well, maybe surprise more than concern. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's something that's going to linger. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll be wrong and we'll talk about this in two weeks and, and I'll be proven wrong by this, but um, I still think this is a good offensive line that just had a bad game um, and there was not enough of an adjustment there to what Penn state was doing with its front to, to get a run game going. Like they, they were just having a hard time with their zone blocking scheme. Like they combo off of people and those people weren't in the places they thought they were going to be. And there just wasn't an adjustment there. And, and I thought one of the things I really liked about Ohio state's offense earlier in the year was like the diversity they had in their run game where they would mix in some gap schemes. They would mix in counter and they would run duo and they would run power sometimes. And like, they didn't do any of that. They ran, I think they ran 35 times and like, 32 of them were like the typical zone schemes that we see from ohio state and penn state was ready for it they had to shut down the entire game and ryan day just never called something different
0: looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right Okay, I've got a few
2: observations now.
1: Okay.
2: Or thoughts. Hit me. Just about the team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Would people say that Ohio State couldn't run the ball in that game, you think?
1: Would people say they could? Is that run what ball? people
2: are saying? Like, was that the temperature that you're feeling out there? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Trey Henderson rushed for 152 yards, an average 5.4 yards a carry, and I get that he had a 68-yard run. Yeah. But, like, let that be the bad game i guess you know and i, I think it's more frustration in the red zone than i think overall
1: effectiveness um they ran it better in the fourth quarter they, they started to figure some stuff out in yeah. the fourth quarter
2: two jackson smith the jigba is he starting to emerge as one of the top well obviously one of the top three but like to be almost on the same footing as Olave and, and wilson when it comes to targets
1: i think two things uh he and cj Stroud have a pretty good rapport that I think goes back to them practicing together all of last year. And also, people are really, like, I think, scheming a way to take away Chris Olave deep. Um, and Jackson Smith and Chigba is benefiting from that. But he is very good.
2: But yeah, I mean, leading receiver in a game like this, I think uh, you have to put, I mean, he had a 58 yard run, 58 uh, yard reception where he made the 58 yards happen. Was it just like a, a quick slant route where he hesitated, flipped around, and just like bursted up the middle of the defense? Yeah, because that was then, like Mike Thomas stuff right
1: there. And-, and then, yeah, Jaquan Brisker caught him, and he also caught Travion Henderson. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, I yeah. did not know Jaquan Brisker could run like that, but good for him. But yes, um, yeah, he had a 58-yard reception and a lot of run after the catch.
2: A few defensive things, and then I just want to know, was that Tyreek Smith's best game of his career or was it last year's Clemson game?
1: Hmm. I think this was the best game of his career because they needed it more. Like they, he he caused that fumble that led to Jerron Cage's scoop and score. He hit Sean Clifford on Cam Brown's interception that came at a crucial moment. So like he played very well against Clemson, but that was a little more of a lopsided game than this one was. Like they, without Tyreek Smith doing both of those things, this game could have ended differently.
2: I don't know if it was just me, but Ronnie Hickman was everywhere.
1: See, like he was and he had a ton of tackles. I thought there were also times where he was like playing like a chicken with its head cut off a little bit and just like took himself out of plays where perhaps he could have made, there were a couple of receptions that happened like in front of him or behind him. And I I just think he could have played a little bit better kind of in zone coverage. Um, So maybe it was just
2: the fact that he had a bunch of tackles. He did have a bunch of tackles.
1: He's and he is around the ball a lot, which like I think is a good trait to have as a defensive player. I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think it was his best game.
2: Um. Okay, so you want to do playoff stuff?
1: Yeah, let me let me ask you this because you said something at the beginning. For the, I guess you guys talked about it on Andy's show that I um I disagree with. Like, I don't feel any differently about Ohio State's ability to win the Big Ten and get to the playoff than I did before the game. It, it's you- not
2: that you you feel any differently that they that they're like I still feel like they're going to win out. But if you would have said, "Is there a zero percent chance?" that Ohio state could lose to Michigan state or Michigan. I would have said yes on Friday. And now I think there's like a 5%
1: chance. Oh, okay. I guess I would have said zero beforehand. Like Ohio
2: I'm... state was playing invincible, invisible.
1: What is it? Invincible or invisible? I don't invincible. know the answer. Invincible.
2: invincible football. And like we talked that for the Oregon game, I'm not going to come back into this team and feel like they're awesome until they, they beat a really good team. And The team that they played that's really good just lost to Illinois and the team that they played, they muddled around with. And if they would have won 55 to 21 or, you know, 42 to 21 or something, like maybe it would have feel a little bit different, but like, I don't know that that, that win, despite the fact that it was against a ranked quote unquote opponent um, at home feels as like a dominant assertion of your will as like you would think now Beating go Penn State playing terribly I guess is a, a plus 2. I'm just st- still cautiously optimistic about the ceiling of this team and I wonder if they play Alabama or Georgia maybe you know one of those big time if they're just going to get their butts kicked. But you know that I guess is a problem for for January. We'll see how they play. I think they're going to beat the crap out of Nebraska and Purdue. Never mind on Purdue, never know about that one and then we'll see you know, how they close out the season. I, I that one, two punch at the end of the year is pretty nasty. Yeah, And, you know, you're talking about two teams who, as we speak right now, um, are controlling their own destiny in the big 10 or are close to controlling their own destiny in Michigan to Michigan state. So, you know, beating two top 10 teams potentially back to back at the end of the year is going to do a lot to help Ohio state's playoff discussion, but like, Michigan should win their next three games and be a one-loss team heading into the mid Ohio State game. And I don't know who Michigan State's playing uh, between now and when Ohio State plays, is playing Purdue or Maryland. So both of those teams should be either undefeated or one loss at the end of November. And it's gonna be a really tough two-game stretch because you have two teams that feel good about themselves. Now I think of the, I think that Michigan State probably poses bigger challenge to Ohio State to Michigan just because I think Michigan mentally is just lacking in that game right now you know like to me because I think Michigan's better than Michigan State and it's like for anybody who like gives me crap about saying that I feel like Ohio State's better than Oregon I don't think that the best team always wins football games mm-hmm. like Michigan kicked the crap out of Michigan State for four three and a half quarters and then lost yeah it had some bad like Michigan I think is I felt bad for them you know but I'm very excited to see how it goes, and I'm wondering if Ohio State now is going to need those two wins to impress the committee enough to get it. So we'll, we can talk about that now for the next ten and fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah, uh, you like no doubt about it. Think that Michigan's going to beat Penn State in Beaver Stadium on November thirteenth?
2: No, I, I I think that they 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 can. I think there's no doubt about it. Probably should probably should. Can.
1: But I. Uh, what do you think,
2: Penn State? Like I, I remember we said that. Michigan, Michigan state and Penn state all seemed kind of indecipherable from one another. Mm-hmm. And like all three of those teams played in big games this weekend. It's like, do, can you, do you change your mind about that? Like, or do you think Penn state's better than the other two?
1: No, I still think they're all, they're about the same. And I will say that like the, the way that Cade McNamara threw the ball, and I know he had that pick to kind of seal the game at the end. But before that, I thought he was slinging it around a little bit against Michigan state in a way that I didn't, I didn't really think he was capable of. So I, I, like a week ago would have said that Michigan's offense is too one dimensional for me to really care about it. Um, And I don't even know if that one dimension is particularly good running the ball.
2: Michigan's tight ends are solid.
1: Yeah. So they got pretty good. They got good tight ends. Obviously they're missing their best receiver. Um, But of course they found one against Michigan state. I feel like there's always like one guy in that game that you've never heard of before who like makes, yeah. who like makes a name for himself. Um, Andrell, Anthony, Andrell Anthony,
2: 155 yards. He's from East Lansing Two touchdowns and he's from East Lansing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I think well, I was funny that everybody kept saying that. Yeah, I would still pick Michigan to win that game, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where Penn State goes now. Like they have three losses, but Clifford's back and he's healthy. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think they are capable of beating both Michigan and Michigan State, but I still kind of view all three of those teams fairly fairly similar, similarly. Um, but Penn State is also, in terms of like the playoff stuff that we'll transition to now, Penn State's a three-loss team. I think Penn State's still going to be in the top 25 in the rankings so out on Tuesday because they have that win over Auburn. And Auburn is a two-loss team that I think will be the highest-ranked two-loss team when those rankings come out. Like Auburn, I think, might be like 11th or 12th. And it's going to be – it'll be funny to me. Somebody said something in one of the comments on my stories and about Penn State uh, being ranked, and I said
0: uh,
1: (laughs) – I said the SEC bias that pisses off Ohio State fans every year that's going to have Auburn ranked higher than it should be is going to – like." help Ohio State because Penn State will be pumped up by virtue of its win over Auburn, and thus Ohio State will be pumped up because by the SEC bias that everyone thinks is a real thing. Um, so I'm excited to watch that happen and people's heads explode when, when those rankings come out on, on Tuesday night. Um, but let's talk about, I guess, where we think Ohio State is going to end up. Let me Penn.
2: jump in here, and I'll say, because like Andy and I spent the entire show um, discussing playoff, what we think and what it will be and let me say that this out of the four since 2014 when Ohio state won the national championship, I think this is the first set of initial, the hardest set of initial rankings that a person can come up with Yeah, because I don't care how you do it or what you think, no matter how you do it, there's inconsistencies in your thought process because Mm -hmm. there's no uniform way of doing it and being fair, most deserving, best resume, who you think in your heart is the best, all these things, you can't put them in order without contradicting yourself. So there's only one clear answer here, and the next thing you do is going to be wrong in someone's eyes. So you have to go into that. So, like, what do you think the rankings are going to be? Oh, wait, no, sorry.
1: What are your rankings?
2: Uh, Just give me your top seven.
1: Georgia, obviously. (sighs) I think I would See put that? I, you just I would did? put I would put Cincinnati second, Michigan State third, Oklahoma fourth, Alabama fifth, Oregon sixth, Ohio State seventh.
2: Okay. Ohio State would also be out of my top five or top four. I think it'd be Georgia. Number one, clearly, and then you take a deep sigh, and then you rattle off some teams, and then <laughs> Ohio State comes in at fifth. And I think that's okay. I think they're I think they're much better than the fifth best team. I think Ohio State's better than Cincinnati. I think they're better than Oklahoma. I think they're better than Michigan. I think they're better than Notre Dame, and I think they're better than Michigan State. I also think they're better than Oregon. But you have a lot of teams too that are like also kind of like tangentially controlling their own destiny, like BYU and Oklahoma State and Oregon all control their own destiny to get in. I think Notre Dame is out no matter what they do because Mm -hmm. they lost to the only good team that they lost to. And that team uh, is Cincinnati is like banking on Notre Dame to be good. And if at the end of the year, Notre Dame is undefeated, like that's going to really buoy Cincinnati's resume, but Michigan in a certain sense, I guess almost controls its own destiny because Ohio, they would need Ohio state to beat Michigan state to control it completely, but they're in a position where they could Michigan state, all these teams are in a good position. Wake forest, by the way, yeah. Would be the first true Cinderella to ever crash the playoff field. Unless you consider Michigan State and 15 a Cinderella. Mm. People make fun of Wake Forest for being bad. Michigan State's always been a solid program. Right. Wake Forest is just like a team that has happened not to lose yet and has a great offense. Mm. And it's like if they get in, they'll be 30 point underdog against whoever they're playing, except Cincinnati, potentially. But, like, there's never been a Cinderella crash, and I'm kind of here for it. It'd be, it'd be kind of funny. It'd be like, number one, Georgia versus number four, Wake Forest in the first game. And it'd be like 39 to 10. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And
1: yeah, so Wake Forest has UNC. What do you think the rankings are going to look like? They have a tough end of their schedule. UNC, NC State, Clemson, BC. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they lost any of those games. Um, what do I th- What do I think they're going to look like? uh Georgia I don't know what they're going to do with Cincinnati. I know. So here's it like who has who has the best win? Oregon. Oregon. Who has the second best win? Is it Cincinnati?
2: Probably. Notre Dame sucks.
1: Yeah, but they're 7 and
2: 1. I know. And it was on the road.
1: Like Notre Dame is is going to be in the top ten, I would think. I'm not saying they deserve to be, but I think they're going to be. Yeah. Okay, George. I think they're going to have Cincinnati two, Michigan Michigan State three, Alabama four.
2: I think Cincinnati's going to be five. Who's two, three, four? I think it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. No, sorry, what did I say? Ohio State. Let me start over. Georgia one, Alabama two. Uh, Oklahoma three or four, um, Ohio State three or four, and then Cincinnati five.
1: Michigan State not up there.
2: Michigan State might be six, I think.
1: And do you think they won't? And then put will be seven. Do you think they they're not going to put Cincinnati up there because then it's hard to drop them if they keep winning?
2: I think if you if you we play this game with the group of five every year and then they get boned. So like, I don't know why I would just be like, okay, they're going to be number two and firmly in as long as they control their own destiny.
1: Right. It's, it's like every year we play this
2: around. game, every, every year we play this game and the group of five team gets kind of job. So like, until I see them actually in the real mix here, like, I don't think that I view it that way. Now they it's have fair. a great win. They have a great win, but the committee is also in that room and they're going to be saying, well, they play a shitty schedule, blah, 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 blah. And it's all the same stuff. So, Like, if Cincinnati wins out as undefeated, I think this is the best chance a group of five team has ever had to make it because the results are all muddled up and things are going to happen. But, like, also, has there been a year where there have been more legitimate candidates to make the playoff at at the beginning of November than there are now? It's like you have – here teams that could make the playoff if they went out. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre – no, not Notre Dame, maybe – they're a one-loss team. You have to put them in there. They could make the playoff. Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Baylor, Wake Forest.
1: I think that's 11. I think I counted 11.
2: Is that 11? And I might be forgetting somebody.
1: Uh, did you say Oklahoma State? I did, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's probably 12. Yeah. Georgia, Michigan State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Oregon, Ohio State, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Baylor.
2: Yeah. And UTSA is undefeated for good measure. I don't know if that
1: matters or not, but meet, 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 go road owners.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The first playoff rankings, well, like Mississippi State and like Ole Miss were in it, right? So maybe like the very first playoff rankings ever in 2014 were like this too. I can't quite remember back that far. But uh, it's, this seems like a lot. This definitely seems more wide open than it has seemed in the past. But I also think it's going to end with like four teams that we always talk about. <laughs>
2: I know every year we you make fun of me because I used to love doing the Ohio State like playoff reaction
1: mm-hmm.
2: and getting on the call and kind of getting the quotes that don't make sense and putting them together and like ranting. Right. This year I think is going to be an important year
1: to do this. Yeah, no, I'm excited to do it on Tuesday. This um, this
2: one this one is the most up in the air and the most debatable that I think I can remember in a long time, especially considering the fact that Oregon is, what, four wins away from having a head-to-head win and being directly compared to Ohio State. And I don't know that Ohio State's ever been in a position where they're compared to a team that beat them at home or beat them at all.
1: I don't think that has happened. I think it's been, yeah. Like, and I think been-
2: you could, like, put yourself in a position to envision there being one spot for
1: Oregon all Ohio State and having that of who's better versus who won. Oregon's problem is their schedule stinks. They play Washington, Washington State, Utah, and Oregon State. And like, I guess Arizona State, who also stinks in, in the If Paco Ohio State wins
2: out and Oregon wins out, and there's one spot for both of them, who do, would you put
1: in? Who would I put in? Yeah. I would have a hard time ignoring the head to head, but I don't think the committee would.
2: Why? Everybody who talks about it says that I would have a hard time ignoring it, too.
1: Uh, just because they've shown us in the past they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't care. Head to head, I think, I think would be used in the case of a tiebreaker. But if Ohio State doesn't lose again and Oregon doesn't lose again and you put those resumes up against each other, I don't think they're comparable. So I don't even know if the head to head. Then you can just like say why
2: do they play the game then at
1: all? Of course. But you could have said that the last four years. You could have said that last year when when Cincinnati like didn't get in. Like I like or, or was like an afterthought No, but well no
2: team's fun. ever been left out after beating the other team. Uh because you could try to make a TCU Baylor discussion out of it. Yeah, there's another candidate involved.
1: Right. I just I wouldn't if I'm an Ohio State fan, I wouldn't sweat that.
2: Like if like the thing is, is that like what you're saying makes sense. And I, I agree with you that that's maybe how the committee would handle it. But just like if you play head to head, then I think resume should just go out the freaking window. Yeah. Like th- there is no resume to compare. They played. That's the ultimate way to compare them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who beat well, ooh, well, who? Well, it's hard too. They it's, played each
1: other. It's hard too because like teams change. It's it's that's the comp. It's the complicating factor in this. It's like yeah. I agree. You played. It should matter that you played. But like, shouldn't it also matter that you are a very different team than you are on September? Yeah. Well, my 11? my
2: thing is the resume stuff and the what is it? The protocols that they use are used in absence of knowing who would win head to head. You use those things to judge these teams, to put the four best into the field, because you don't have any concrete evidence of who you think is actually the best. Mm -hmm. But in the case where you do have that head to head evidence, then the protocol, in my opinion should become second because you have the thing that only matters, which is what happened when these two teams played. So like, I'm probably pissing off a lot of Ohio state fans. I know you guys don't like hearing negative things about your team. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been called a homer all week uh, after talking about Ohio state on Andy's show. Maybe I'm just trying to like negate how I actually (laughs) negate that. This is how I actually feel. But just like if Ohio state is my personal opinion is at the end of the show, when everything's over with, if you have two teams that are vying for the final spot protocol should become second to the head to head because that's the reason they play. That's my personal thought.
1: I I agree with that logic, but I don't think the committee will. (laughs) And I actually feel pretty strongly that the committee won't think that way. I think if both these teams are sitting there with one loss at the end of the year, Ohio State's going to get in.
2: Yeah, no, what's going to happen? What I think are different.
1: Yeah. Yes. But Uh, also,
2: too, the committee does change every year.
1: Yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah,
2: it's very interesting. Always the first rankings to see like how they're thinking initially. I think is always pretty revelatory. But also too, yeah.
1: Well, the thing the thing that's going to be annoying is like, we'll get on that call on Tuesday, and I think Oregon's going to be ranked ahead of Ohio State, and I think they should be at this juncture. Um, And we'll ask about that, and we'll get an answer that says like Oregon's head to head win over Ohio State it was a separating factor, and then four weeks from now we ask the same question the answer will be different because they just like retroactively apply the logic after they make the rankings. And like, it's a really hard position to be in forever. The spokesman is like, I, I understand that you're speaking for 12, 13 people. It's hard to do. Um,
2: well, the thing about it is, is that they can't, they, they make this protocol where they can't project. Right. If you ever ask any question that even infers the existence of a future, the guy goes, oh, oh, I, yeah. I, can't.
1: Yeah.
2: I would just be like, listen, right now, the way the things look, the head to head is a huge factor. We don't know how the results will change, but of course, anytime a team accumulates multiple wins against top 10 opponents, that would be reevaluated. That's like ex- all, ex- all you have to say. That's exactly what, the, yeah, 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 And it's like, it's not like, like, I'm like, I can't talk about the future. It's like, this isn't like a time machine and nobody's asking you to predict anything, but you can speak generally about like how you view things and they don't, which is what makes people really mad. All but right. like the rankings in general, like if Ohio State's like eight, or seven in this initial poll, I'd be very curious because I don't know. I think Ohio State might be ahead of Oregon already.
1: I'm fascinated to learn to, to learn if they are, and and people will go nuts if they are. Um, but I I also think you can kind of justify it if you want to use like eyeball test. I know like Oregon lost to a very bad Stanford team too, so. It's like Ohio State's loss is better than Oregon's loss because Ohio State lost to Oregon. Uh, yeah, I think that could be some some logic that's used. Um, let's wrap up. Let's do this. Uh, where do you think they're going to be Tuesday night when the rankings come out? What number is going to be next Four. to Ohio State's name? I think they're going to be seven. The committee loves Ohio State. They certainly do. And I think they're going. I think they're going to talk about that Penn State win like it was a really good win.
2: Yeah, then you think that they are going to think that Michigan State is better? Like they're going to rank them ahead of Michigan or behind Michigan State? Yes. Like, here's the thing, too. It doesn't freaking matter. It almost would be better if they did, because then when Ohio State wins that game, then they'll get more clout for it than they would be for beating a team behind them in the rankings. Right. Like, that's what's kind of funny about these sort of things. But like, I I just am curious. Like the difference between who, like which teams do you think? I think Ohio State is one of three teams in the entire country that can beat everybody else on the right day. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the, I don't think Oklahoma could beat everybody else. I don't think Michigan State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and all the other teams that are behind them could beat everybody else on the right day. Cincinnati, that includes Cincinnati. I agree. And like, and like I know that Cincinnati's had a really good year. And they haven't lost yet, and they beat Notre Dame. But like, I don't know that people would actually believe that Cincinnati could beat Bama or Georgia or yeah, Ohio
1: State. Or Ohio State, yeah.
2: And I think the committee talks like humans in the room. And I was like really pissed because this year I got invited to do the committee uh, mock committee thing, and like that was the day my baby was due, so I couldn't go. I'm gonna go next year. I hope. I hope. But like, that's how I would talk in that room. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how the committee actually communicates with each other, but I'd be like, does anybody here think that Cincinnati could actually beat Alabama? And if they can't, then why are we putting them in the top two? Also, there's 19 first round draft picks on Georgia and like one on Cincinnati. You who do you think's is a better football team? You know what I mean? Like, I would like to talk about that. Oh, the two, two, four, seven composite rankings show that Cincinnati is as raw talented as Houston. So, we're going to throw them in there now because they happen to not lose and they beat an average Notre Dame team that everybody knows is average because they opened their eyes this year. Like, is that how they talk to each other?
1: I highly doubt it. <laughs> but it'd be, it's fun to think about. But no, Dude, I don't. I would so. go
2: in there and toss around 247 composite rankings like it was nobody's
1: business in that room.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't hear the word recruiting so high ever
1: in that room. <laughs> it's about most deserving, Ari, not most talented. Is it? not usually, not no. I'm not sure, I'm not sure I believe that it's usually just about who's better. Yeah, Penn
2: State beat Ohio State head to head and won a big 10 and 16, and they didn't go to the playoff.
1: Well, they had two losses.
2: No, I understand that, but like if it's down to the two teams that played, they've already Ohio State's already gotten in. It's like the other loss shouldn't matter. They beat Ohio State, and that's the other team they're being compared to. It makes no sense.
1: Well, they weren't good, but like Penn State, I don't think Penn State was like close to this, like sniffing a playoff spot that year because they had to finish
2: like at seven or something. I guess it doesn't matter, but yeah. it's just like the stuff is all like you can talk about yourself in a circle and it's fun and it's exciting. It's my favorite time of year. Thanksgiving turkey is in the air, a lot of <laughs> things happening,
1: you know. Go to Giant Eagle, get yourself a pilgrim, sit down on the couch on Tuesday night. Do they sell
2: those at Giant Eagle?
1: Yeah, don't they? Isn't that where they, they ever
2: heard of Capriati sandwich shop?
1: Uh, I don't think so. It's a it's a chain,
2: and they had them in Nevada, in Arizona when I was growing up, and they have the uh, what do they call it there?
1: They call it uh, the Pil- Giant Eagle, the Pilgrim, and, and Wawa. They call it the Gobbler.
2: The Gobbler, okay. Uh, yeah, it's the same version of uh the sandwich where, but I don't think that th- does Giant Eagle
1: put gravy on it. I don't know. I never had it at Giant Eagle. Wawa does. I know that
2: Capriati's. Um, hold on a second. Just bear with me while I look up their menu.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there's one missing component to these sandwiches that I think makes it. It's called the Bobby at Capriati's turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing, mayonnaise, and mashed potatoes. If you put the mash, I think the mashed potatoes need to go on the sandwich with the stuff. I agree with that. None of those places put mashed potatoes on it, mashed potatoes and gravy on the sandwich with turkey stuffing and cranberries.
1: It can get a perfect sandwich. It can get a little messy though. Like I think you gotta be I think you have to apply the mashed potatoes gently and like almost use it as like a spread on the sandwich but and not just like load the thing up so that when you take a bite into it you just get your hands covered in mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like I don't want that. Also forgive me for saying this, but this should be a carb
2: sandwich. I think that the meat shouldn't be as represented in it as people make it represented. I think there should be one or two or three slices of turkey, like you know, carved turkey, but sliced at the bottom of the sandwich. And like, if you have like a sandwich that's four inches tall or three inches tall, no more than one inch
1: should be turkey. I can get on board with that. I, I you need some turkey because I think I think it's part of the deal. But I'm not eating it for the turkey. I'm eating it for the stuffing and the cranberry yeah. and the mash and the and the gravy. Yeah, yeah. mostly. When you just take a stuff bite
2: it. when you take a yeah, bite out it. of it. Like in that scenario, like we're doing, no, we're doing Thanksgiving talk on November 1st. Stuffing should be the most represented in that sandwich because it should be the most dominant flavor. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the bite, the sweetness of the cranberry sauce should be what tops you off. And the only reason why the turkey is even on the sandwich to begin with is to make you feel like you're eating something that's not just a, a piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs> it should just <laughs> give you the turkey texture. is there for texture and substance, it's not there for taste.
1: Umami. Yeah.
2: And then, you know,
1: man. Mike would get me a Pilgrim. Yeah,
2: Are they already selling them there?
1: I've not seen the advertisement yet, but it is November 1st. So I'm assuming that they're back on the menu. And the Wawa, when I was in uh, Jersey for the Rutgers game in September, Wawa was already selling gobblers. Did you have one? No, I didn't have one. Uh, there was something missing. It's like you can get a gobbler, but we're out of stuffing. I was like, why the hell would I do that?
2: you want to buy a car without an engine i mean what are we doing here? (laughs) it was
1: pretty it was like it was like 9 30 10 o'clock at night so maybe even later than that so i get it i just bought uh you know 35 dollars worth of other food from wawa and eat that instead that's the
2: thing about wawa i never get one thing i just buy like 19
1: individual things yeah i leave there with that how everybody does it it's like i I have
2: uh, one pretzel that's filled with cheddar cheese i've got chicken bites i've got Oh, smallest hoagie they have. I have a hot dog, I've got chips, I've got an iced tea. The Wawa brand iced tea, I think, is delicious. Yeah. And I'm like walking out of there with like mozzarella sticks and like 19 different things. And like I only can ever eat like 10% of what I bought. Yeah. But like when I'm done eating, I've had at least one of everything represented. So I feel like I've eaten all
1: of it. That's what I did that night. I went I went back to my hotel room and pulled like a dozen things out of the bag and like took a bite of each of them, but never didn't finish. A didn't finish one any of them. Of them.
2: Yeah. 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 Because it's all about What's the word here uh, that I you know variety. you've you, you've gone to plenty of dinners with me you know I'm a variety guy
1: huge variety guy yeah yeah that's right it's like every every meal is a continental breakfast with this guy I'm the kind of guy that
2: will go to a sandwich shop and order two different six inches
1: yeah I respect like I
2: don't think people do that
1: no I don't think so either
2: like everyone's like I'll have a foot long turkey it's like no I want a six inch turkey and a six inch it's the same amount of food but it's just you know different I'm an innovator. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that wants double meat on his Chipotle and half chicken, half steak. Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm a weirdo, but I, I, I switch it up a little bit.
1: I respect that. I respect that about you. It's one of your personality quirks. Yeah. One of, one of, one of many, one of many. <laughs> yeah. All right. You think Ohio State's going to be fourth? He said, I don't know, man. Or third. i I think
2: you can make a case. Go I think you can seven. make a case. Let me just leave people with this. You can make a case between two and seven for the team that you put at two to seven to be number two. I agree with that. And in the world where that exists, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. just let them release it. And then we'll react to it. I don't know. Are we, I'm sure, I guess maybe we don't need to do an emergency pod for it, but like, we will probably discuss it extensively when we pod again in a few days,
1: I think we'll do an emergency pod if Ohio state's like 11th, but <laughs> I don't think no, 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 <laughs> I know. But like if
2: Ohio state is number two, or number three then maybe we might want to discuss that
1: yeah i, I mean know. we'll discuss it either way on the next episode for sure i'll have a story about it um after the rankings come out on tuesday night for those of you that care about these things i know there's some of you listening who could not give less of a shit about the first playoff rankings and i respect that too but if who you are cares, those people <laughs> not friends of yours i guess uh i don't
2: think that's true at all i think of everybody the first cares. rankings
1: there are definitely people who don't who don't consume college football and Ohio state football through the lens of being obsessed by the playoff rankings at every waking moment. I, there, there may not be a lot of them, but they who, exist.
2: I don't think there's anybody that doesn't bother
1: to know. No, they know. Everybody but, cares. I think everybody cares insofar as they want to know what the number is next to Ohio state's name. I don't think everybody cares to like hash out all the different scenarios on why that number is next. Everybody to their name cares enough 2nd. to know.
2: Everybody cares enough to know what the number is. And then everybody has a reaction to that number, which means that they care how much they want to consume in terms of media as a result of that, whether they want to listen to a 35 minute podcast about it or if they want to read your 9000 word story about it. (laughs) Everybody's got a different temperament and how they want to consume their information. But everybody wants to know the number and everybody has a feeling about what needs to happen, why it needs to happen or what they feel of that number without question. And if you don't, then why do you watch the games? It makes no sense to me
1: for the pageantry. They had fireworks, yeah, the, yeah there's they had people fireworks. who go to the
2: Rose Bowl just to see the parade. So I mean in the power Everybody, everybody's got everybody's got their own thing, I guess. But this is a major part of being in Ohio State. This is the Ohio State experience. And part of the reason why they lost or by losing early in the year or losing twice, I don't think Ohio State fans even know how to watch a game where this isn't part of it or a season. If Ohio State fans had two losses heading into November, what would they even do with themselves? This is like this is every bit a part of the tradition of Ohio State football as winning a game in November that keeps you going up the rankings. Could you imagine watching I don't a know about playoff? That. Of-
1: it's only existed since 2014. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like the, the, the current Ohio State fan know, experience it, has only yeah.
2: existed since 2012. Yeah. The way that Ohio State plays now and exists now is an urban Meyer creation since 2012. 2014, the playoff was created. Could you imagine an Ohio State football season if you're a fan where the playoff was off the table in November? Like, what would you even do with yourself?
1: watch hoops baby basketball season starts on monday night exhibition against indianapolis get excited all right landis go go <laughs> just just uh, i get it you're done <laughs> right. we'll talk to you guys later in the week after the playoff rankings come out and we'll yell about it some more